Greetings to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Sunday School Podcast for the 11th Sunday after Pentecost, or August 21st, 2022. And today we're looking at kind of a famous Sunday School Bible story from Daniel chapter 3, verses 1 through 28. The story of the three young men in the fiery furnace. Now, this is taking place during the Babylonian captivity. In other words, it's very near the end of the Old Testament historical timeline. Jerusalem and Judea have been conquered by the Babylonian Empire, ruled by King Nebuchadnezzar. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem have been carted off in exile to Babylon. And many of the... uh, the Jews who are deported, who are exiled, they come to prominent places within Babylonian society. One obvious example is the prophet Daniel, who is not just a prophet of God, but he's also an official in the king's court. Also, we have these three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're called. And they had become officials in the province of Babylon, right around the capital city. So they are officials who are working for the government that has captured them and exiled them. And at the same time, they are also pious, faithful believers of the one true God, trusting in his word, obeying his law and trusting in his promises of a, of a savior. So so in these rather challenging times in our own country, it's good to look back at Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego and appreciate that they were Christians living in a difficult historical time and, and serving their, uh, their government, even as we today live as Christians and citizens of a nation both at the same time. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are are pious, faithful believers in God, exiled Jews, and they serve King Nebuchadnezzar, the ruler of Babylon, who's got to be a ruthless man to be the emperor of Babylon. And he is, in fact, known for an explosive, terrible temper. We read in Daniel chapter 2 that he's troubled by dreams He summons his wise men together to get an interpretation, and when they cannot interpret his dream, he commands that they all be killed. It's not a particularly reasonable thing for him to do, but when you're king and you're furious, I guess you can get away with that. At any rate, at that point, the prophet Daniel saves the day by interpreting the dream. So we have a ruthless king with with violent outbursts of temper, and we have these faithful three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And now we arrive at our text for today in Daniel chapter 3. Beginning at verse 1, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. 
Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent together the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Now we'll stop there for just a second after verses 1 through 3 to note just a couple of things here, just a bit of... um background color, I suppose. This image that Nebuchadnezzar makes is 60 cubits tall and six cubits wide, which means it's about 90 feet tall and about nine feet wide. So those are very odd proportions. This is a very skinny idol, a very skinny false god. Um, Some suggests that perhaps it is built into a niche of the city wall. So that would make a lot more sense for it to be shaped like that. But at any rate, it's a very tall, very visible idol. It's the king who does this because the king of Babylon is not just the ruler of civil affairs. He's also the one who presides over religion. So he's kind of the top priest of, of Babylon. There is no, we'd call it separation of church and state there. Um, the king is in charge of both state and false church. And he summons all of these officials to stand before this idol. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be numbered among these officials. Daniel is not. And some have asked why Daniel isn't, num- isn't present with, uh, at this time um, and then trapped with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the answer may really be quite simple because here Nebuchadnezzar is summoning all of the provincial officials, whereas Daniel is a court official. Maybe a good analogy from today would be you have your state officials and your federal officials in our country. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would be, they would be state officials. They serve the province. They serve the province of Babylon close to the, the city, including the city of Babylon. Daniel, however, works for the equivalent of the federal government. He's in the king's court And from the description here, Nebuchadnezzar has only summoned the provincial officials to stand before the idol, at least at this time. All right, so we have all these officials standing before this idol, and this is a loyalty test. Because the king is in charge of religion, and these are his government officials, and he expects unquestioning loyalty both in their civil service and in their religious service. So we continue with verse 4. And the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. 
Therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Well, if nothing else, it's really quite the band that Nebuchadnezzar sets up with bagged pipe and trigon and pipe and all the rest. Um, perhaps the, the one most unfamiliar sounding instrument there is the trigon. That is a, a kind of a harp that's, that's triangular in nature. So you have strings, you have horns, um, you have quite the band there. And, and when it sounds off, all the people are to worship the image. And when they try it out in verse 7... Everybody there bows down to worship. All right, continuing in verse 8. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So this is a rather crafty accusation on the part of these men. They're kind of cornering Nebuchadnezzar because the king is the one who has appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into these positions. And so he should expect loyalty from them. And if they refuse to do what he says, then they should face his punishment And note how personal the accusers get. First, they point out, you have appointed them over the affairs of the province. And then they say, these men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So they point out that not only have these three men broken the command, But the king should take it personally. This is a personal offense that they are not listening to him. They're not obeying him. They're kind of sticking it to the king. And therefore, say the accusers, they deserve the fiery furnace. Now, we know from archaeology that there are some rather large furnaces in in the region. Um, They're used for, uh, for, for baking bricks. And so these furnaces or these smelters that have an opening at the top, um, I guess for smoke and and heat to escape, as well as perhaps to drop stuff in. Um, And then you have an opening on the side for workers to go in and collect the bricks once they've all cooled down. Um, We we also know that, that a common form of execution at that time was in fact death by burning. In fact, Jeremiah mentioned this in Jeremiah 29, 22, that Nebuchadnezzar specifically puts his enemies to death, executes criminals by, by burning them. All right, so, so the three young men are now accused of betraying the king's trust and disobeying his law. And now Nebuchadnezzar must do something. And as we know before, 
Nebuchadnezzar can get violently angry. So we read in verse 13, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? So Nebuchadnezzar is furiously angry. He appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to their positions. He expects unquestioning loyalty. And he will look bad before his officials. He'll lose some face if he has to put them to death, so he gives them an out. Maybe you missed the announcement. Maybe you're doing something else. But now here's your chance. Next time the music plays, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you fall down and worship the image, well and good all forgotten. But if you do not worship, here's the stick to go with that carrot, you'll be thrown immediately into a fiery furnace. This is personal. Look, Nebuchadnezzar isn't just saying the image, he's saying this is the image that I have set up, and these are my gods. And he asks the three young men, who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? After all, Nebuchadnezzar and his armies, and he believes his gods, have destroyed Jerusalem. Apparently, Nebuchadnezzar's gods were stronger than the God who was protecting Jerusalem, the God whose temple was there. So Nebuchadnezzar is really kind of taunting the three young men. My gods are bigger than your God, the one that that you're worshiping and refusing to bow down to mine for? So is he going to save you from the fiery furnace? I think not. He's already defeated. It's really kind of similar to um, when Jesus is crucified, his enemies saying, he trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have the chance to bow down to the idol or to stand firm and confess the faith. And by the grace of God, they stand firm. We read in verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Now, this is quite a confession of faith on the part of the three young men. They say God is able to deliver us and will deliver us from you. Or maybe he won't. But either way, we must obey him and not you. 
So this kind of uh, presages, foretells the apostles in Acts chapter 5 saying to the Sanhedrin, we must obey God rather than man. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, whether we live or whether we die, we must obey God rather than man, rather than you, O king. And whether we live or whether we die, we know that our God will deliver us. So it's kind of passive disobedience of of a man to actively obey God. They don't demand that God save them. They entrust themselves to God's will. They have faith. We know this because if they didn't trust God, why not bow to the fake image, the, the golden image of the false gods? But they confess the faith and are willing to die. So the king with the furious temple gets furiously angry. We read in uh, verse 19, Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. So not only does Nebuchadnezzar declare that the three men should be put to death, but he makes it a point to make the furnace as hot as possible. The uh, the phrase there, heated seven times more than was usually heated, it's not like they had a dial that they turned from one to seven that day. It's simply a kind of a Hebrew expression to say, as hot as it could possibly be. And it is so hot that, that these mighty men who are commanded to, to throw them into the fire, when they take the three young men close to the furnace and throw them in, these mighty men themselves die from the heat. So as we know, the three young men who refuse to obey the false gods are going to live And the mighty men who obey their king in service to his false gods, they die. So, the last the king sees, as as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown in, are are three men. They're bound uh, in, in cords or ropes. They're still wearing their clothes, their tunics, their hats, and other garments. This is all kind of a, a furious rush to appease the king's anger, and they fall into the fiery furnace. Now, there's a real quick shift here in storyline because you read in the very next verse, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. 
and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. All right, so first off, this is a, a, a sudden change here. Um, as soon as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fall into the fiery furnace, Nebuchadnezzar is already astonished that they're surviving, which tells us that some time has gone by between verse 23 and 24. In fact, it's kind of a conspicuous gap that people have tried to fill before. So, a couple centuries before Jesus was born, someone had a bright idea, and in the Greek version of the Old Testament, they stuck in a hymn, a canticle. It's called the Song of the Three Young Men. And so in the Greek Bible for a while, there was a whole extra chapter in between verses 23 and 24, which was a song of praise attributed to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was never part of the Hebrew Bible. And so when we, you read through the English, you don't find the song of the three young men in our, our, um, our Bible that you'll find in the pews. However, you do find that song of the three young men in the hymnal. It's, it's hymn 930. There's another version, hymn 931 in our hymnal called the song of the three young men. Because while it wasn't part of the original um, book of Daniel, it's a great hymn. It's a great song of praise. And it was sung by the ancient church. And we sing the song of the three young men every Saturday night before Easter at the Easter Vigil. It's part of the liturgy there. So uh, come and join us at sunset next Easter Saturday to sing the song of the three young men. At any rate, whatever amount of time goes by between 23 and 24, when Nebuchadnezzar um, apparently looks into the furnace, he's astonished because he sees three men plus a fourth walking around in the midst of the fire. They were tied up. They should be ashes. They're loose from their ropes. They're still wearing their clothes. And there's a fourth one walking around. And Nebuchadnezzar says of the fourth one, the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. It's a miracle all the way around. The three men are no longer bound. They're unscathed and walking around. They're, they're unhurt. Um, they'll leave the furnace without harm. And then there's a fourth who looks like, says Nebuchadnezzar, a son of the gods. Now, who is this? It is almost almost certainly the pre-incarnate Christ. This is Jesus who's been around forever, begotten of the Father from eternity. But before he's born of the Virgin Mary, he has taken on human form to be with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar describes him as one like a son of the gods. He's trying to make this figure fit into his own religion, but this is the Lord present with his people, present in their suffering to save them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said that God would deliver them, and now God comes to be present with them to deliver them from the fiery furnace. So, that, uh, that God that Nebuchadnezzar thought he had beaten when he conquered Jerusalem with his own idols that God is walking around the furnace with the three young men. 
No wonder Nebuchadnezzar is astonished. And so we read in verse 26, Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Now, it would be nice to think that uh, by calling God the Most High God, Nebuchadnezzar has converted to believing in the one true God. Um, Most High God, though, is is a term that, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will certainly accept because Yahweh is the Most High God. Um... Nebuchadnezzar, by saying that, can also mean that he's the winner on that day because he saved his men from the fiery furnace. So he's the most high God among all of the other gods that Nebuchadnezzar worships. So, so um, when he uses the title most high God, a, uh, a, a Jew can accept that formulation, as can a, a Babylonian pagan at the same time. All right, so so Nebuchadnezzar summons the three young men out of the fire, and we read, Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire, and the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, and their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. So it's, it's a great phrasing here. The fire had no power over the bodies of these men. They should be dead and gone. They should be ashes. But because the Lord is with them, death has no power over them. Likewise, though we are buried and returned to dust and ashes when we die, Death has no power over us, and we will be raised from the dead. And just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego don't even smell like smoke, so death has no power over us. We will be raised from the dead without any sort of harm wreaked by death. In fact, God will raise us up better than we ever have been because the curse of sin will be gone. So, delivered from death, delivered from fire that had no power over them, the three young men stand before the king. And we read in verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Now again, um, this really isn't like a, a Christian confession on Nebuchadnezzar's part. He's trying to make this fit with his religion. So, I've got my gods, you three young men have your god, and, and, and blessed be your god the, this day because he sent his angel and delivered you. And it's, it's not really a, a conflict to call um, the pre-incarnate Christ an angel because uh, he is often in the Old Testament the angel or the messenger of the Lord. We know God the Father through God the Son, and that's true in the Old Testament as well. And at least in his confession here, inadequate though it is, Nebuchadnezzar does admit that God is 
supreme. And Nebuchadnezzar announces to whoever's listening that the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego has delivered those who trust in him. Because by faith, these three young men continued to follow the word of God, even though it meant the death of their bodies, trusting that God would deliver them. And so it is for you and me today, confronted by a hostile world, opposed by our own sinful flesh, tempted to doubt and give in and stop obeying God's word, we have this wonderful reminder that God delivers his people. And as he delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, so he will deliver us. As he was present with them in the midst of the fiery furnace, so he is present with us in his means of grace in the midst of whatever troubles we suffer too. And as he uh, delivered them from death, so he will deliver us from death. And yes, we may go to the grave first, but on the last day, he will raise us up from the dead, fully restored, just as he raised up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace, where fire and death had no power over them at all. What joy! That concludes our look at Daniel chapter 3, 1 through 28. God grant you every good gift as you continue to meditate upon this text and its riches. God grant you every good gift as well if you're teaching this to others. Until we talk again, the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.